What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the episode of Dodgers Dugout Live After Dark from Arizona. Just had a full day at Camelback Ranch. Talked to a ton of players. Talked to Dave Roberts. It was picture day. So much going on here. The excitement is off the charts. We finally have a game tomorrow. The Dodgers What's opener in Peoria against the San Diego Padres. We're going to talk about that. Really, the big story there is Gavin Lux yeah. will make his Cactus League debut almost a year to the day where he went out with that injury where he tore his AC on his LC here. But first of all, my man, Mr. Noah Cameras, if you don't know, now you know, Mr. Noah Cameras, go follow him at Noah Cameras. Noah, how are you enjoying Dodgers spring training so far, my guy? I mean, what a day this has been. We saw Shohei Otani take live VP. We saw Mookie Betts take live VP. We saw Freddie Freeman take live VP. We saw James Outman, Gavin Lux. We saw Manuel Margot hit a home run in live VP. I mean, this was such an exciting day here at Camelback Ranch. We heard from Doc. We had a Shohei scrum. It was great hearing from him, getting an update on his recovery. Doug over here had some very awesome interviews with like seven players today. We've already dropped the Will Smith one. We got tons of more content coming to you on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. It's been an incredible. We've been here for about 48 hours. It's been incredible so far. Yeah, you know what we saw today too, Noah? We saw Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah. We also saw him walk through that Dodgers clubhouse holding his javelins. javelins. And cool. just a little plug here. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. The number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. And if you want to be eligible for our latest upgrade, our latest giveaway, that's a Yoshinobu Yamamoto number 18 jersey. You look good in it today. You look really good in it. You look fantastic. All you need to do... Subscribe to the channel and comment Yamamania down below. But you'll know, we'll, we'll kind of get to today's stuff, today's takeaways. We talked to Doc, too. We asked him about Teoscar Hernandez, his spot in the lineup. But let's kind of go back to the GM meetings. Yeah. Brandon Gomes, Dave Roberts, they both spoke. Also, we talked to some insiders there. Some very interesting things to say about Dylan Cease. Talked to an insider about Dylan Cease. And what he told me was that leading up to the trade for Tyler Glass now, the Dodgers were heavily involved with Dylan Cease and possibly making a move for Cease. They end up going with Glass now, and it kind of makes me think, look, 5, 10, 15 years down the line, just see how Cease plays out when he's ultimately going to get traded. The same insider told me that the Yankees are a team that could end up trading for him as well. We could look back and say that was a very big butterfly effect too. You went with Glass now over Cease. I personally like the move, especially when we consider that Cease is a Boris client, and you were unlikely to get an extension done. You extended Tyler Glass up, but some very interesting information about some of these trade rumors during this offseason. Yeah, I mean, Cease has been kind of the biggest name that's been going on since last trade deadline in terms of he's going to get moved. You know, the White Sox were struggling. He doesn't get moved last deadline. Now he's the big name heading into this offseason. Doesn't get moved this offseason, at least at this point. And kind of talking to some of those insiders, a lot of them said probably going to be a mid-season move, maybe a deadline move. It doesn't sound like He's going to be moved. I mean, Chris Getz, the GM, was there. I didn't personally speak to him. But like, the vibe was kind of like Dylan is going to be the, on the team as the ace. But yeah, the Tyler Glass move, I mean, you said it. The fact that they signed uh, traded for Glass now, the big thing was the extension. They immediately extended him. The trade was you know, kind of relying on the fact that they would extend him. They get that extension five years. He's going to be with the Dodgers until 2029. I mean, he's going to be a huge piece of the Dodgers rotation until 2029. So they made the right move for them. They made the right move they knew they could have made. And you know, think about it this way. Dylan Cease hasn't been moved yet. That asking price is high. I mean, Ryan Pepio, uh, Johnny DeLuca, two good players. They needed a lot more to go get Cease. They didn't have to do that. They got their guys. They were able to kind of kick off this amazing offseason. So they made the right move for them. And yeah, but the butterfly effect of Cease, I mean, yeah. When he said Yankees, I said, interesting. I mean, the Yankees need a starting pitcher. There have been a lot of kind of links with Snell. Could it be Cease? I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to give up a lot for him. It'll be interesting. Yeah, when you're a team of the Yankees, the Braves, teams like that involved for Cease, that's when you start to say, okay, Andrew Friedman and this organization, yes, they'll go out there and they'll make big moves, but they don't want to overpay. They don't want to gut their farm system for a guy in Dylan Cease who, really, let's just be frank about it, yes, when he's on, he is elite, but he's had one wire-to-wire -wire season where he has been an ace-level pitcher. Is he more the guy we saw a couple years ago, or is he close to the guy we saw last season? I think it's somewhere in between. Tyler Glass now feels like a better fit for this organization. One, he wants to be a Dodger. He loves More than being a Dodger. I've ever seen. <laughs> really, I mean, this guy, he starts glowing when you talk about just the Dodger script to get across the chest, the Dodger blue, just growing up loving Clayton Kershaw. Dylan Cease would be a two year rental, a hired gun, someone that's represented by Scott Boris. 
that from a personality standpoint, yeah, he's definitely one of the better pitchers in baseball when he's right. I think Tyler Glass now, looking back, like at least February, in February, it feels like it was the right move. And also, another little nugget we got was about Kenley Jansen. And Ooh, both I Kenley know, I've heard that name this often. Kenley, look, both the insiders I spoke to not only said that he's probably going to he they told me that he could be had is what they told me. Yeah. He could be had at the right price. And look, the big holdup for Kenley and any team that's interested in him is sixteen million dollars. He's in the final year of his contract. How much of that would the Red Sox be willing to absorb to pay down in hopes for them of getting an, a, a better prospect package in return. But both these insiders also told me that a reunion makes sense. And I think that, look, you're an insider, you cover a ton of different teams. Me personally, I just still, like I said, it's like reheating McDonald's french fries. It never tastes the same. Yes, Kenley Jansen, the cutter from a velocity standpoint is high as it's been since 2014. He's throwing at 70% clip. He stills a really, really good closer, 29 of 33 in his saves converted, but still, I the rumor won't go away. No, I mean Kenley Jansen. I mean you, you've always you've said it best many times off season. He was great. Twenty twenty one is a great kind of finish for him. There's no need to reheat those McDonald's French fries as you put it. You know, right. Evan Phillips in that or Johnny Rockets French fries. Johnny Rockets French fries. You got to be careful about their their shakes. But uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, that'll be our off the rail um, segment. Yeah, uh, Evan Phillips. You know, in the closer role, like, Doc doesn't want to say he's the closer. I mean, he's going to be we'll call lion's share of the closer opportunities. But then you also have someone like Blake Trinan coming back from injury. You have someone like Daniel Hudson coming back from injury. This guy, I don't know if you know, he closed out a World Series before. So, I mean, Daniel go. Hudson has the ability to close. Blake Trinan has the ability to close. Dodgers have options. Maybe even Bruce Dark at some point. So I think they're really set in the bullpen. I think for a time with someone like Emmanuel Classe, with te- uh, years of team control, cheaper contract, I think that could be something that, but again, that would take a lot more. So I think the Dodgers are fine if someone like Classe sort of fell into their lap at some point if they, you know, they kind of saw that deal working. I think they'd go for someone like him. Kenley, at his age, where he is in his career, I don't think there's a point of taking on that money. And uh, it, it, yeah, it, look, it doesn't yeah, make much Yeah, sense. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the way it would, to make it make sense, it would be, can the Red Sox pay down some of that $16 million? Can you get him for a bargain price? And are you trading for him for the regular season? When he can eat saves and he can take some innings off of – either the rotation or the bullpen, has some continuity, has some stability. And then by the time the postseason rolls around, it's a pure meritocracy. If he's pitching, right, if he's pitching like we saw in 2021, then you give him a roll. But for me, talked about this a lot. I've just let you guys know that in insider circles, in Major League Baseball, it's still around. And I want to get to some of your cons, uh, sorry, comments down below. Very excited for the season. Go Dodgers. Good evening, guys. Justin Lamas. Yeah, it's been a wild day. We've been at Dodgers camp all day, talking to players, talking to Coaches, managers, it's been a very interesting day at Camelback Ranch. And, yeah, we know we had to give you guys the live stream. I don't care how late it is. A little Dodgers dugout live after dark. We got Michael Seg over on YouTube. Very excited for the season. Go Dodgers. Let's go Dodgers. We got Bing Lee says Yamamedia. Ryan King, no better way to end the day than some Dodgers nation. Yes, yes, that's a fire take. Cease will start the season in Chicago. That's from Justin Lamas. Yeah, that's what I was told, too, that more it's more likely he's going to start the season in Chicago, and he's going to be that key piece at the deadline. And look, if I'm a Dodger fan out there, I think that it's going to be a very interesting couple of months, the way you assess some of these young pitchers, some of these guys that are still emerging. How does Yamamoto transition to MLB? How does Tyler Glass now look? When do you get Walker Buehler back? How does... Bob Miller look in his second year, but I do think by the time the trade deadline rolls around, it would not shock me at all for a franchise that's been decimated by injuries, especially the starting rotation, if they were going to be in the market for a pitcher. And if Dylan Cease is that guy, and at that point, you're talking about a year and a half left of team control. Maybe he is, but then also maybe there's some other guys that start to merge. I also asked its insider about Jesus Luzardo, and what he said about Luzardo was, it would take an extremely, extremely high offer, a godfather offer to the Marlins to be able to acquire him because he's elite, he's young, he has three years of team control. So that's another name that it's really a unrealistic trade idea at this point. Obviously, they're not even in the market for an elite starter right now. So I think the way it works out, it would make a ton of sense. Now, a couple big takeaways from today. And we'll start to get into those. And keep dropping your comments down below. What are your big takeaways from spring training? And I think let's just kind of start with the obvious one. 
and we can talk about this ad nauseum for days, but this spring training, you were here last year, and last year, lots of buzz around this team, right? The talk was Freddie and Mookie still, right? But it was about, okay, the young guys emerging, maybe a little bit of a reset year. Even the year before that, when you had Trey, a lot of excitement, none of that compares at all whatsoever to the electricity, the atmosphere that you see with this year's team. Not just Otani, not just Yamamoto, but Teoscar Hernandez. You guys saw Teoscar Hernandez on the Dodgers social. He was awesome. fantastic so teaching awesome. Otani Spanish, messing with Austin Barnes, messing with Yamamoto. But, I mean, just, it's palpable, right, Noah? I mean, you walk in, and first of all, last year, you know, there are some fans trickling in. I mean, obviously, Dodgers always have a lot of fans. You know, it's not as crazy. This year, you walk in at, you know, we got there. Today was 945. It was a little late for picture day. Fans everywhere. I mean, place packed with fans to the brim. You look here, there's a swarm of fans. You look here, there's a swarm of fans. Then Otani kind of walks out for a live BP. You kind of feel the air shift. Otani runs off the field for live BP, screams. I mean, just screams when he walks by. I mean, the energy is just absolutely insane. Yeah, in the clubhouse, I mean, you kind of feel like the players feel it too. I mean, you spoke to some players who were like, yeah, I've kind of never felt anything yeah. like this. Oh, like, yeah. It doesn't really feel real, but you look around, you walk into the clubhouse, and you see Otani, Yamamoto, Betts, Freeman. I mean, these are these are future Hall of Famers who are all kind of sharing a clubhouse wall. I mean, it, it's special, it's it's different, and it's not just us who feel it. I mean, everyone there feels it. I mean, the media, there's hun- there's 100 media members there for a Shohei Otani scrum in the clubhouse. Like, it, it's you don't see something like that. Like, you, you just don't. You don't see something like that, and I think you brought up a great point in that it's these guys don't have to say these things. We're not even talking about the big all-star players. We're talking about some of the non-roster invites. Yeah. We're talking about some of the younger players. They say, this doesn't feel real. This is a super team. And I think today was the first day, Noah, where I went from feeling like a baseball reporter to a TMZ employee. Because <laughs> literally, we're chasing down Otani to try to get anything we can after his live BP, just going into the locker room. You have people running yeah. Not like it's an athlete, like it is the Beatles. Taylor Swift, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson rolled into one. And if you guys have been to spring training, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I met a lot of you guys today, which I thought was really cool. Really Shout out to you guys. We got Bill Sales, Hello DMAC. Hey, what's up, my Dodgers family out there? We got Brian Gax. What up, Brian Gax? But there's just, and look, yes, it's great. It's great for baseball, right? That you have a player. And Bob Nightingale told us yesterday that super teams are great for baseball. Just look yeah. at the New York Yankees of the late 90s, early 2000s. But I think more importantly for this team, let's say you get, let's say, let's just kind of throw this out there, a little thought exercise. Let's say that Guggenheim takes over for Frank McCourt, right? And that first year you get Otani, it's like, oh, cool, great. It's new ownership, new Otani. But I think it's more impactful now because they've had so much success. You've reached the mountaintop in 2020, but it starts to get stale at some point when you're winning to that extent. Look, look this organization doesn't even feel internally like they've won enough. They but call it a failure. They call it a failure, right? But so to get Otani at this stage, it is perfect timing. Oh, it is. I mean, it's it almost felt like I mean, you kind of last off season, last off season after they lose to the Padres, you kind of think, okay, it's going to take a lot to kind of get the fans rejuvenated again after losing that series. And you know, the the, the Padres slay the Dragons. Like now, it's kind of like how how does Dodger fans get excited? Then next year they have a really good year. Even with the youth movement, win hundred games, then they get swept by the Diamondbacks. You go into the off season, off season saying. How on earth is and- are Andrew Freeman and Co. going to get Dodger fans to get excited about this season? I mean, that's back-to-back 100-win seasons. The year before was 111, and you don't even make it past the NLDS. Like, you need to do something to get people excited. Otani, people are excited. Glasnow, people are more excited. Yamamoto, people can't be more excited. I mean, like, I, I was speaking to some of the Japanese media today, and they were saying, like, yeah, Otani's one thing. There are two Japanese superstars on this team. I mean, this is, like, this is next level. I mean, Yamamoto is arguably the best pitcher ever come out of Japan. Otani's probably the best player to ever come out of Japan. And they're playing on the same team at the same time. And now they're at the same Camelback Ranch spring training. I mean, that is like, it is absurd, the level of talent and the level of just worldwide, just the, the reach that the Dodgers are getting right now. Yeah, that's how we kind of started here on the show. Yamamania is not just a little buzz phrase, of course, you're trying to throw out there. It's that this is someone that he has the potential to be a phenomenon because of his age, because of his ridiculous splitty, his forkball that is literally going to be the best splitter in baseball as soon as he toes the slap. But to your point, 
Tyler Glass now also fits that mold of, okay, we're getting the local guy too. He almost is like the the reason why we love Belly, right? And yeah. those home, he's not a homegrown guy, but he, he feels like a local dude, like right? Like he feels like the local yeah. Santa Clarita, yeah, right? Dodger fan, loved Clayton Kershaw, Lo- loved yeah. Sean Green. I mean, he. I, I honestly think there's not going to be a single player you know, on that team who's more excited for opening day at Dodger Stadium March 28th than Tyler Glasnow. I think he's going to be by far the most excited player on that team. He even said that, Tyler Glasnow said that you can literally basically get as many tickets as you want. Yeah. I mean, like, he's going to have to change numbers and cut some people off. He's going to have 20, 30 people at each game. He's, I think opening day is going to have like 100 people who want to come to that game. I mean, just think about – I mean, he said that his parents were more excited than him when he was traded to the Dodgers. And we saw how excited he was. So I don't even want to imagine how excited his parents were. They probably threw a surprise party for him or something. Absolutely. he got traded to the Dodgers. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's going to be excited. And, yeah, I mean, obviously Otani. I mean, you know, Dave Roberts, we got something going on over here. Dave Roberts said to you uh, at the, on Tuesday at the GM meetings, he said that, you know, because you asked him kind of like, what have you, have you seen about Otani interacting with his teammates? And he, he looked Doug in the eyes. And he said, this is, I, I don't want to misread it. We pretty much said the People have told me this is the happiest that they've seen Otani. He hasn't smiled or laughed as much as he did now. And Otani was known for having a great personality on the Angels. Like, that's not like, it's not a new thing from Dabber's personality. But if he's now laughing and smiling more than he ever has, I mean, that's a pretty good sign. Sounds like someone is excited to play for the Dodgers. 100%. And I think that Dave wouldn't just throw that out there lightly. So basically, just kind of rewind. I asked Dave yesterday, I asked him about, it does feel like a week ago. I said, look, man, we've seen the BPs. We've seen. What he can do as a player, but how is he immersing himself, embracing his new teammates? And he literally said that he has I got the quote been here. next level. He said, his level of engagement with myself, his teammates, has been next level. And I've heard from a lot of people that they haven't seen him laugh or smile so much. Yeah. And, I mean, and like, Angels fans are big bad. Angel fans yeah. are big bad. Say, oh, this and that. Like, no, look, you know what? It, I would smile too if I sign a $700 million contract. I get to stay in my Newport Beach mansion. I get to keep all my endorsements. And then I join a team that signs my fellow countryman, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Mookie, Freddie. And look, for all the, all the attention he's getting now, it's great. The second he goes back to Southern California, He's going to be a big deal, but we know superstars can exist there. Yeah, okay, no, it's, it's it's not it's not crazy for superstars. Exactly, yeah, I mean, LeBron, he's going. LeBron James currently lives in Southern California, and he's doing just fine for himself. LeBron James, the second most famous athlete, LeBron James in Los Angeles lives there. But uh, who's, who's first? Otani. Uh, Show him. Well, I tell you, or Miguel Vargas. So, I was going to say it's time that you have some joke. Miguel yeah, Vargas. There, 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 there. But no, look, I think other things from today too. So we asked Doc about Teoscar Hernandez, and Teoscar is someone who. We asked him about, okay, how do you assess him as a player? And he talked about the power. He talked about how he just needs to be a good hitter first. But he also talked about him being a teammate. He's a great teammate. A great teammate. And the fact that Dodgers Social puts the social media account on their picture day in Teoscar Hernandez's hands, that tells you everything you know about his personality, about how he resonates with his teammates, the fun side of them, okay? This team is vibing. This team is having fun just going through this process of getting to know each other. And I think with Tasker Hernandez, I think the big thing for him is he knows you bat him fourth, fifth, sixth. He's going to rake. And I asked Doc, I said, where do you envision Teoscar in this lineup? Because I want to see him as my cleanup hitter. Yeah, me too. So where he was majority of last season. And yes, it was a down year for him in Seattle because of ballpark factors, just down year in general. But with Teoscar Hernandez, he said he's going to be in the middle of the lineup. And yes, there is the conversation. We'll talk about this right now is, look, you add a Shohei Otani, right? But you lose a JD Martinez. Yeah. And obviously, JD didn't play any defense, but 33 home runs, 103 over RBIs. 103 RBIs, 900 ops, 900 OPS, and someone had an All Star season, right? And yes, you could say, all right, yes, maybe if Betts and Freeman don't have career years like they did last year, and Otani is right around where he was, maybe look at the production in the net, you say, okay, it's not a big increase. But then you factor in Teoscar Hernandez, and that's what takes you over the top. A James Outman in the second year, can he continue to build on that momentum? A Gavin Lux as your second leadoff hitter, batting in the eighth or ninth hole when he had a 129 weight runs created plus. I think he's going to score 100 plus runs. And then a Chris Taylor was better, a Max Muncy who was looking lean and mean. So I still think this offense, maybe they won't score 900 runs. But this is an offense that's going to have a much better chance of, a, of avoiding a dry spell in the NLDS. Yeah, I mean, just to that point, yeah. I mean, maybe Otani's 
in terms of offensive production, definitely an upgrade over JT. Not a big one considering the year JD had. But yeah, Teoscar Hernandez, let's just say for the sake of the argument, he's replacing David Peralta. Because David Peralta appeared in 133 games last year. So that's going to be Teoscar's appearance in those games. David Peralta hit 259, seven home runs, 55 RBIs, and he had a .675 OPS. Teoscar last year, in a down year, mind you, this is a down year for Teoscar, 26 home runs, 93 RBIs, 741 OPS. He's just a few years removed from a 32 home run, 116 RBI season with an 870 OPS. That was in Toronto before he went to Seattle last year and you know, kind of struggled in that ballpark. And he's gonna ha- all he's going to have is run scoring opportunities. I mean, let's just say four, five, or six in the lineup. He's hitting behind that big three of you know, Mookie, Freddie, Shohei, and then if it's you know, Muncie ahead of him, it's Will Smith ahead of him, he's going to have opportunity to drive in runs. And yeah, you're replacing David Peralta in that lineup with a 675 OPS with a all-star slugger in the middle of the order. I mean, that is next-level production. Yeah, and you look at Peralta, who after the injury, he didn't even hit a home run. Right? Yeah, he, he was <laughs> devoid of power. He was sad of his power. And you talk about Teoscar Hernandez. Here's my take on Teoscar Hernandez. He's going to be your favorite Dodgers Favorite Dodger. He's my favorite right? Dodger. What's your favorite Dodger? Throw it out there. I, I got that. Something about I'm it. I'm going to get you a Teo jersey. It's, it's that smile. Yeah. I and think. you say all-star, right? You got MVP votes in 2019. <laughs> MVP votes in 2020. Like what Brandon Gomes said a few months ago after the signing, he says he can hit high velocity in the zone. He crushes high velocity in the zone, and he's not susceptible to any one pitch. He can go out there and tag heat, and that's what plays up in the postseason. Look at the power numbers, too. From 2020 on. A 133 weighted runs created plus. Last three seasons, a 121 rated runs created plus with 28 bombs and 31 doubles. So just imagine, like you said, Peralta's production, (laughs) you replace that with close to 30 bombs and 31 doubles. This is a guy who can slug. He also hits the ball hard. 90th percentile hard hit rate, 13.8 barrel rate, 80th percentile. So this is someone that, yeah, you look at the 108 weighted runs created plus last season, he still was above average. And the left field position... For the Dodgers, they were 20th in the league, 20th in all of Major League Baseball. They were below average. So yeah, it was David Peralta and Chris Taylor. Well, neither of them were really having a great year. They weren't. Look, last three seasons, he's hit 317 against lefties. They got their lefty masher that still can rake against righties as well. He's right there with Mookie Betts as one of the best hitters against lefties in the last four or five seasons. So this is someone that I can't stress this enough. Like I said to Doc, I mean, most, hey, hey most teams, this would be their splash, this would be their splash offseason signing, right? But for the Dodgers, it's behind Otani, Yamamoto, and Lass, and all these guys they brought in. But for them to pick that up, to pick up a sign like that towards the end, it just shows you this team is just so all in on this yeah. year's team. You can't really stress that enough. Yeah, and, now, yeah, and two more things on Jessica. First of all, like we said, I mean, the personality, you just see how much fun he's having. And, can't I mean, put a price on that. You can't put a price on that. And, like, you see how he's kind of opening up Otani to this team. I mean, he... First of all, he and Otani had that moment at the 2021 All-Star Game where like, they FaceTimed someone, and like I think like, Teoscar was like, FaceTiming a friend. And, like, you can see that they already kind of liked each other. Then Otani texted Teoscar after Teoscar joined the team. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you see on photo day, he's next to Otani. Otani's yes. putting his chin on his shoulder. I mean, he kind of opening up Otani, like letting him kind of be himself in this clubhouse, which is one huge. And two, kind of like a maybe not the biggest point in the world, he's into another contract here. I mean, this was a one-year deal he signed to hopefully kind of reset his market. When he spoke to reporters, um, when he spoke to us after he signed, he kind of made it clear that he was not very happy with the way his market was looking and he didn't want to sign a one-year deal he didn't want to sign this contract but he was very happy to come to the dodgers come to a team like this but this is a contract year for him now and if he wants to go get that three four multi-year deal that he was looking for this offseason he could have a really good really good year for the dodgers in the middle of that order yeah i mean i've been saying this is a one-year business trip for him yep. and where where, where where have we seen oh jd martinez literally oh, last year although he hasn't really made his money yet <laughs> he hasn't made his money yet but he's a little older too yeah no is younger yeah. i think it's more of a potential to sign a four or five year deal and then coming off this deal where you got well, over 23 million got some deferred money in there as well but still yeah he's I mean, every incentive in the world to rate for the dodgers and i think for teoscar you mentioned his intangibles the fun side of him right Last couple of seasons, right? Hanser Alberto's the fun guy. Kike Hernandez, he's brought back to be the fun guy. Look, I love Kike Hernandez. I love the banana. Do you think it was a time for him to split a couple years ago? Oh, he comes back. As for as good as he was, he was still a below average yeah. bat. He yeah. was a 95 OPS plus. 
how about this? Maybe for once, the fun guy can also, also be an all-star. I mean, can also awesome. be an elite player. I mean, it'd be right? awesome for the, the fun guy to be someone who deserves to be in the lineup. Every exactly. Day, yeah. To be there and yeah. Not just, we don't. We don't need a mascot. <laughs> the, the Dodgers definitely don't need one of their bench players to be p- pitching in blowouts. I mean, again, Hanser was fun. It's great to have that. Video. I'm with you. I mean, for Teoscar to be that guy and also be in the lineup 150 plus games and also hit 30 plus home runs, also drive in 100 plus runs. If he has the year that JD had last year. Mixed with his age, mixed with him playing defense, he's going to play left and right, Doc said. He's going to get a massive, massive, maybe four or five-year contract worth well up in the maybe $100 million range. And what you're going to see is you're going to see another contender go out and sign him because they're going to say, wait a minute, when he was with the Blue Jays, with Bichette and Guerrero, he reigns, right? And that is kind of the big key for him. You put him in a lineup with protection He's gonna see the results. So that's yeah, a big I can't see. wait to see him. Me too. You I'm are really hyping me up, I, Oscar. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a guy who's gonna hit 30 bombs. He's gonna, no, he's he's gonna, gonna make the All Star team. I, I think he's gonna have Get us some touch. comments though. Here we yeah, got. Yeah, uh, up here. We oh yeah. You, um, all right. Let's roll. Let's yeah, roll. Um, audio is finally fixed. Hey, hey, we've had a good audio this day. This has been a great this audio. This has been a really day. good audio. This, day. this is one of our better audio days. Let's see what some of these comments here. Beerus Sama says 2024 NL All Star squad going to consist of 75% Dodger players. I mean, yeah. I mean, we can do some math here. There's probably going to be 10 Dodgers in the All Star game next year, and they're all going to be deserving of it. So I I like that too. I don't know. I mean, the potential, just look at the guys who are on this team that have been All Stars, right? And you look at the pitching side. I think, look, I mean, Bueller has All Star potential, comeback late, might not make the team, but there's no reason why Yamamoto on glass now, Bobby Miller. Has an outside chance, and if he picks up where he left off last season, he could be an all-star. Will Smith made his first all-star last team last year. year. Yeah, Max Muntz, we've seen front load some home runs in he recent could, years. He could do it. Mookie, Freddie. Hey, Chris Taylor's been an all-star. Yeah, and look, too, Mookie and Freddie, let's be honest. They don't even have to have great, great. We even better need to be good in the late all-star They team. got the name. Charlie right? Otani could be and make an all-star Oh, Otani? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 feel like, I feel like we could already say Otani's an all-star. Yeah. Like, we could just kind of lock that one in. Like, use Sharpie. Just put in your boat. Pencil, use a Sharpie. Charlie Otani's yeah. an all-star. I feel comfortable. I mean, could knock out wood barn injuries. Mookie Best and Freddie Freeman are all-stars. I, I feel very comfortable locking those votes in right now. That's already three all-stars for the Dodgers, and we haven't even touched the rotation. So, I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, if, if they want to spice it up, we've seen... And this is going to sound like some serious Dodgers homerism. I'm excited for this. But I, kind of, I think I know where you're going with it. The Dodgers versus the best team in that AL. The AL All-Stars versus the Dodgers. The Dodgers versus the MLB All-Stars. I give, mean, me, give me Ronald Acuna on the other Ronald side. Ronald Acuna Jr. Give me, give me you Matt Olson. Give, give me Matt Olson. Give me the rest of the game. Give me everyone. Give me Trey Turner. Give me Bryce Harper. I think I still might take the Dodgers team. Hey. Maybe, maybe not on the pitching side with all the aces in the league. But, hey, on that hitting side, I think a Dodgers lineup – could stack up at least against an all-star lineup. Absolutely. And of course we had the we had the picture day today too. A lot of talk out there about those uniforms. Like there was a great picture of Otani and Yamamoto right next to each other. Awesome picture. This guy's like a billion bucks. I mean, I saw yeah, a billion yeah. bucks in that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was people saying the, the the pants looked a little see-through. Like I will say this, I'm gonna to talk to the players, I'm gonna to talk to Doc about the uniforms. As for as much hate as I've seen for these uniforms, it still is Dodger Blue. <laughs> it isn't as not wedding gown white as I feared, but uh, a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not going to lie. A little bit of a disappointment to see a little bit of smaller numbers of perforate numbers and that, but we're going to get to this one. You got some comments? I'm going to get some comments. Yeah, yeah. Like we got Joe Torres in the stream. said, ironing clothes while listening to the nation. Can I get a fire take? First of all, really, really topical to be ironing clothes. Fire take. Ironing clothes while we're talking about the uniforms is very, very topical. Perfect. Uh, we got Max Kuhn said, what up, DMAX? Shout from 213. We're not in the 213 right now. We're in whatever... The Arizona zip code is. I'm not sure what it is, but we're out there right now. Um, uh, we'll get to this comment after it's going to um, come to you. Uh, Los Dodgers World Series champ said James Outman going to have a great sophomore season, baby. Yeah, does want to talk to him tomorrow. He's going to have some good stuff. Mark said Buenos Dias Fanaticos. Yeah, looks like Mark saw the video of Tioscar and Shohei having a lot of fun. I like he's like fanatic. Yeah, he's like fanaticos. He popped his jersey like fanaticos. And he's like fans. Buenos um, fanaticos. We got a lot. Um, Oh, this is a fun one. DMAX number one fan said, yo, we should have a live stream and watch the Korea games as a community. You know who won't be with the community because you know he's going to be there. I mean, DMAX underscore LA. Hey, he's going to be when I Korea say we, you guys, hey, we're going together, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you guys all the best coverage that you need to see, some behind-the-scenes stuff, so definitely be sure to subscribe to the channel. Now, next talk we're going to get into, we talked to Will Smith today. and This, Will, this was a good conversation. Will is just, look, man, he's straightforward, man. He's no BS, which I appreciate. He's no fluff. And all this guy wants to do is go out there and ball and play baseball and do it at a high level. And last year was a 
really a breakthrough season as far as making the all-star team. I know I some know. people <laughs> feel like, okay, I mean, he should have made it before. And he's had better more. years offensively. Yeah, 2022 was a better offensive year than last year. It absolutely was. Of course, look, he, he was in 75% of the games, right, at the catcher's spot. I mean, yeah, he got was banged up, rib injury, concussion. And I think that he learned – it's almost like when a pitcher can go out there and be effective when he doesn't have their best stuff. I think Will Smith kind of learned – Last season, look, man, you just got to be productive. You got to do your best. Even if you're going to fall through those slumps. But kind of the most important part of the conversation was we talked to him about an extension. And I asked him, have you had extension talks? Any discussions with the Dodgers? And it was a quick no. 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 It was just like, no. Polite. It was very polite. It was like very calm. It wasn't at the Dodgers. It was just like, no. No. He hasn't. What we did say was, I love playing L.A. I love being I a love Dodger. I he, love that quote. He used the L word, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that's a strong word. It's a strong word. I think, look, a couple of things about this extension. The Dodgers, they are rife with catcher's talent. Yeah. You got, we talked to Diego Cartaita. You got Dalton Rushing, Hunter Fiducia. Of course, there's someone that can provide depth for someone. Tyrone I mean, Lorenzo. Tyrone Lorenzo. Lorenzo. It's like some people think he's the cream yeah, of the crop, think he's right? The that he's going, going to be that guy. But they're prospects. They're not proven commodities. They're not a top three catcher. Look, I mean, top two, not two potentially. When you consider game calling, how he's improved defensively, what he can do consistently at the plate. And I'm almost kind of priming myself up for, is he the next belly? Is he the next Seags? Is he that next homegrown Dodger that they're going to let <laughs> potentially a Walker Bueller, right? Is two more years of team control. Is he going to be that guy they let walk? Well, look. I don't see a path to an extension just because that's not what this organization has done. That's what they have shown they're not going to do. I will say this, though, that you have Yamamoto and Otani locked up, right? And I'm trying to think of ways that the organization will go about this and say, okay, maybe we do kind of break our own rules a little bit and sign to an extension. If Otani and Yamamoto like throwing to this guy, if they like throwing this guy, and Otani goes, hey, I like throwing to this guy. Yamamoto says the same thing. We're not talking $325 million. We're not talking about $700 million. We're talking about $100 million around that mark. You might be able to get a deal done. I think it makes all the sense in the world, and I hope they do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you just made a great point. You know, the Dodgers aren't in a rush to extend. Yeah, I mean, if they were the Braves, they would have extended him two years ago on like an eight-year, like $20 million contract, and it would have turned into a great deal. That's not what the Dodgers do. That's not what they need to do. But, yeah, they have a full year now for – uh, Smith and Yamamoto to get acclimated. Then next year, if they want to enter that offseason and kind of see where it goes, they have a full year of Otani and Smith to get acclimated. If we look at Yamamoto's numbers when Smith's behind the plate and they're really good, better than when he's other people, if we look at Otani's pitching numbers at some point and they're really good or better when Smith is behind the plate and they feel comfortable with him, with his game calling, with all that kind of things, it makes all the sense in the world to give him that extension. And to your prospect point, like you said, we love Diego Cartaya here, but just kind of look where he fell in the ranking in terms of last year to now where he is this year. I mean, with prospects, you truly never know. This guy was a doctor's number one prospect. Yep. He's not there anymore. He has tons of talent. He's still young. He can still get there. But things can change very quickly for prospects. And with Will Smith, you have arguably the best catcher in baseball, definitely the best hitting catcher in baseball. And you have the proven commodity. He's only 29 years old this March. It's one of those things where you don't want to let a good thing go. And again, catcher is a position where offense is almost secondary, and you're getting bonus plus, plus, plus offense with him. So it's not something you want to give up on. But yeah, of course, a lot of that has to do with the prospects. And if rushing takes a jump, Cartaya takes a jump, Lorenzo takes a jump next year, I mean, they'll feel a little better about potentially letting Smith lock. But I think you made the best point, which is no Moto and Otani. No, on the money right there is that, look, we almost lose sight of the fact that he's such a great hitting catcher. The reality is he's a, just a great hitter that also happens to catch which is and is improved. offensive position. Usually doesn't happen, right? Yeah. It's usually just like, oh, wow, he's around league average, yeah, but he oh can God, get he it hits, done. He hits 215 yeah. out of the catcher spot with eight home runs. There, Sweet. We'll take there that are six. There are, there are <laughs> six men on the planet that are above average catchers when it comes to hitting, right? He's one of them. I'm just going to throw this out there. Yes, of course, catchers are do they age gracefully, right? Are they able to – it's a physically demanding position, and we know that the wear and tear – is big time. But did you see Will Smith today? I, I mean, I had I just kind of watched the video we dropped. Yeah. A couple of people were talking about he looking swole. I his mean, arms were huge. His arms were huge. He arms looked huge. huge. He looked massive. He looked massive. Now, I want to say this. I want to kind of, I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh -huh. I'm going to put myself on the spot. Okay, few. Because if I had to decide between extension for Walker Bueller oh, or wow. Will Smith, 
I think I'm going to take Will Smith because of all that catching talent. You can go out there and flip it to get an ace-level pitcher the next two or three years. And does Walker Buehler have four or five ace-level years in him? That's just me. I mean, I mean, it definitely yeah. depends what happens. You know, as he comes back this year from the Tommy John, I mean, obviously we wish the best to Walker. I mean, there's nothing more we want to see than Walker Buehler return to his ways. But yeah, in terms of where the Dodgers are right now, you got Otani in the rotation, you know, hopefully for the next nine years after this year. You got Yamamoto in the rotation for the next 12 years. He has some opt-outs. He's not going anywhere as long as things continue to stay well. You have Glass now in the rotation for the next five years. And then you have this young crop of talent, starting with Bobby Miller. Then you have Emmett Sheen. These guys aren't free agents for a long time. And then you go to the next level. When we were talking to uh, someone today, uh, we were talking to Diego Cartaya. And you kind of asked him like a question. This is going to drop soon. I'm going to give a little teaser on this one. You said, who are some of the young pitchers that Dodger fans need to know? The first name that comes out of his mouth was River Ryan. And he almost like made a wow face. Like he got like, watch out for River Ryan. Like, like this guy's going to be special. We've heard that a lot. For those of you who don't know, River Ryan was the Matt Beatty trade, which we actually talked to, I think it was AJ Preller about at the GM meetings. We asked him to drop on DodgersNation.com soon about that trade. But I mean, there's so much talent pitching wise. And yeah, they have talent catching wise also, but I'm with you. I mean, Will Smith might be a more important piece long-term because of the embarrassment of pitchers that they have yes. in the in the coming. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, River Ryan. I mean, he was high Ricky Venasco, right? Yeah, I mean, he, was, he was high on He was like, yeah. he's like, wait till you see Ricky yeah. Venasco. And we're like, Ricky Venasco? Like, I lit up. Like, I mean, this guy's going to be that good for yeah. the Dodgers? Like, are you Ricky Venasco's agent? Yeah, I mean, like, he, he, he must yeah. be trying to get him a new yeah. contract. But also, know. too, we just know here, too, I mean, just kind of add your point, is this organization, limited in this offseason, they know how to acquire starting pitching. They know how to develop starting pitching. I think that whether it be via trade, whether it be free agency, Roki Sasaki is someone who could be a Dodger That's on a minor league contract. As soon as right? 2025. Exactly. So, <laughs> I look, man, I love Walker Buehler too. Right. I want him to have success. I want Walker Buehler to get a bag. You know, I love Butane. I love Butane. I 100%. think they've done a great thing for him in the way that they're kind of slow playing into the season. But, yeah, I mean, Will Smith is someone who, look, you look at Sean Murphy, look at some of these guys out there that have gotten extensions. And I think that, too, he's someone that, like you told us, he's always in the present, always in the day to kind of focus. A lot of catchers, they might be thinking, like, man, like, look, just give it all this money. I'm an all-star at this point. At least have a discussion about it. Yeah, at least bring it up. Right? I at mean, least we're, address we're, it. We're getting right? close. I mean, it's, it's one more year of arbitration. They Fortunately, they didn't have any issues. They settled at $855 million, you know, pretty quickly. So there were no issues about you know, going to a case and having all that. But next year, that's only going to go up. And at some point, you know, I think Will would love to know. I mean, he said, I love it here. I think at some point he'd love to know if you know, there's going to be a little stability for the next, you know, six, seven, eight years of his life with his family, with his daughter, correctly? If yes. That, with his yes, daughter. yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely a conversation that could have been had, but also I think it's fair for them to wait. But hopefully next offseason they at least start having those conversations because I think it's fair to Will to have those conversations and Again, my next year will kind of know more about what your catching prospects are. For sure. And I see you guys, too, on the Will Smith interview I dropped earlier. You said D-Mackley and Will Smith in the same room. Yeah, I was This one says technologies. They, someone said it was Mitchell Hopkins says technologies these days. Technology these days yeah. is so crazy. I really believe that Will Smith is interviewing himself. You guys are saying it's about AI, nice CGI effect, <laughs> having D-Mackley and Will Smith in the same room, two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Look, I hope that this debunks the rumors, the myths that we're the same guy, okay? Look. Let me just say this. D-Mac and I went to the gym last night. I would love to see an arm wrestling match between Will Smith and D-Mac LA. Hey. The forearms on these two guys. I mean, if you guys think their faces look like, look at these forearms. I mean, these guys would have quite the wrestle, arm he, wrestling He match. would destroy me in arm wrestling, but I'd get him in a thumb war. Yeah, I, would got, probably, got, I, would, I got that strong. I got my video game thumbs throughout so many years. But now, just kind of getting back to Otani a little bit. I think what a lot of people want to know is when are they going to see Otani compete yeah. in a game? And Dave Roberts has said that he's not going to play on Thursdays over against the Padres, and that it's about the elbow surgery and returning from that. And we've heard this number 50, 50 at bats, and this and that. Just kind of what's your take on how they're using Otani? I think it's a lot of a collaborative. Thing with Otani and how well he knows his body, his trainers, and the staff as yeah, well. Yeah, it's very clear this is Otani's, you know, ideas first, and then collaborating with the, I'd say, dozens of smart people in this Dodgers organization who know how to deal with this. Also, you know, Otani's doctor, Doctor Neil Elatrashi, also the Dodgers team doctor. I mean, there's a lot of smart people that are kind of having these discussions, but I think a lot of it is definitely them saying Otani, like 
what feels comfortable for you. And yeah, Otani's the one who came up with that $50 at $50, 50 minimum at bats that he wants to hit. He's already had at least five that we know of with his live VP a few days ago, live VP today. But he also said some of the cage work would also count. So for all we know, he's at 40, at, uh, I mean, at 10 at bats, 40 away. But yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to kind of let him decide when he wants to get in the game. If I had to kind of guess, which is hard to guess because it's truly never, you never know. I don't think we're going to see him through this weekend. I think maybe next week. We'll probably see him in the Cactus League game, maybe a couple, getting, you know, two, three at-bats maybe in a game, just trying to get in the feel for it. But, you know, he took two at-bats today. I think he saw seven pitches. It was either a walk or strikeout. I'm not really sure what happened with the Daniel Hudson one. And then first pitch, hits a ground ball in the second. Doug called it a base hit. I called it a ground out. Could have gone either way. Um, but I guess, Bias, That was a biased score. There. He's a biased yeah, score. That was a biased score. Um, but, yeah, right. I mean, either way, I would say I think we're going to see him next week in a Cactus League game, you know, barring no setbacks. And, you know, today he was kind of asked um, – what like are you ahead of schedule? Because Dave Roberts said that you know we were a little surprised that they were uh, he was surprised with how quickly the time's progressing. He said no, not ahead of schedule. I'm right on schedule. I'm exactly. He's where very. I be. He's very honest with everything. Like yeah, that. he's very, very honest and forthright, but he is yeah. very careful about honest. having people jump in the gun and yeah. putting any type of pressure. Yeah. Like no, it's no. he's right where he needs not to be. Ahead of schedule. When he needs exactly to be there. Yeah. where I want to yeah. be on February 21st to make my Dodgers debut on March 20th in Korea. I'm exactly where I want to be. Yeah, and he also gave an update on his dog. What did Plunkett say? He did a great oh, job. I, he, he, Plunkett said it in Japanese. I don't want to butcher it. You know what I'm He yeah. definitely we'll said it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I mean, that's what's going to separate the media for the next year. Who are the first of the U.S. media that are going to be able to master yeah. the Japanese language? That's how you're going to get no, I, a I'm, leg I'm not going to try it, but he asked him yeah. how his dog was, and Shohei said, he's good. He's good. He's good. Decoy is good. Very good. And <laughs> I want to say this, too. Look, we get down to Arizona. Last week, I'm just glued to my phone, my laptop, watching all these BPs, seeing 10 home runs and 21 at-bats, 50 home runs. And we get here today, and it's the first live BP we see. And we're like, so excited. So amped, so excited. <laughs> I mean, the anticipation is off the charts. I'm filming everything with my every at-bat. We're shaking, I'm filming <laughs> stuff, thinking we're going to get it. He took, what was it, six pitches? Six pitches, just took them all. Took them all. <laughs> and then the <laughs> next at bat. Ground balls. Just ground, I mean, well, and then he just walks out of the field. I'm like, where are you going? I'm like, show it. Walks, walks and he starts to run. I'm and like, then, show it. What, yeah. Where's the home run? I'm yeah. just sitting here waiting for the home run. The Come only, on now. The only one we got was Manuel Margot. Like, shout out Manuel Margot. He got a good swing on that. We talked to him about the home run. We talked about how he's doing this offseason, but... But it was a Shohei home run. I, th- I, I thought it was like a lock that he hits a home run every time he goes up there. I mean, I, yeah. I thought that was like a like an easy, like, okay, he's going to hit a home run today. Like, it's coming. Yeah, no, if I start the show with uh, the Dodgers offseason acquisition hits a home run today, it's Manuel Marco. Right? I mean, you'd probably have been a little shocked about that. But really, that was the only takeaway I'm seeing. Daniel Hudson kind of come off the mound. A little frustrated by that. Yeah, but all the greats are. I mean, all the greats are frustrated. They always want to excel. But I thought it was really cool, too. It's kind of... One more takeaway just to pop out of my mind is James Outman and Otani. I think there's something there as far as their connection. I mean, we heard uh, Bill Plunkett talk a little bit about James Outman and and Otani and just knowing a couple phrases in Japanese and how cool that is. And yeah, I mean, I've seen multiple videos. They're stretching, they're warming up together, lots of smiles. And there was a lot of talk inside that clubhouse. So, and a lot of talk right in that uh, dugout that right there. Be for the, the next new great Dodgers bromance. I mean, James Allen with the long, long locks. I mean, everyone knows that shows him he's a good-looking guy. That might be the next great bromance for the Dodgers. Bromance buddy cop movie. I see it, I man. Mean, but uh, I think that could be a lot of fun. You know, two lefties mashing home runs this year. I think that could be a lot of fun for the Dodgers. <laughs> Out mania, Otani mania. I mean, it's, it would be special. But yeah. uh, last thing tomorrow. First we got thing, a game. We got a game. We got Dodgers, real Padres. Dodgers baseball in, I don't do some quick math here, about 15 hours. 15 hours. Maybe and 14. I think the number one thing you're looking for, I think, is. Well, let's start with saying stay healthy. <laughs> stay healthy. I mean, really. Gavin Lux going back for the first time. Let's, let, let's stay healthy tomorrow. I think it's going to be a big day for Gavin Lux. I mean, I'm hoping that. He has the same, not even just playing defense. He always wanted to see. Hopefully, he runs the bases. Runs the bases and makes that turn. I, I want him to make that turn. Make that turn. turn. I want him to slide through home, slide, knowing yeah, that he made yeah, that turn, yeah. feeling really good about it. But no, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a really big day for him. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little choked up, kind of being back at that stadium, you know, a little under a year after this really horrific incident that happened to him. Absolutely. Because, look, I mean, like Dave said today, it's going to be a mental hurdle. The yeah. mental hurdle for the go over it. And anytime these guys, look, baseball injuries from Tommy Johns and shoulder injuries and, of course, knee injuries that really go to a lot of different sports. But 
it takes time. It takes work. I mean, you have to grind through it. It's a lot of lonely days. I remember talking to Gavin Lux last year during his rehab process, talking about, hey, I'm in a hotel watching my team alone and that kind of stuff, That's right? Hard. I mean, hard. The, to make it back the way he has and the opportunity that he has in front of him, look, Otani's made his money. He's won his MVPs. He's a World Series for sure. Mookie's made his money. He's won MVP. Freddie, the same thing. You can make the case that no Dodger has a bigger opportunity in front of them this year than Mr. Gavin Lux. Because if Gavin Lux can prove this season that he can be the long-term solution at shortstop, he can prove that he can be an above-average bat that even plays average defense, he's going to make himself a ton of money, possibly $200 million one day in a contract. And look, I think the concerns I have, not necessarily concerns, but things I want him to prove to me, the agility, the range, the throw, the yeah, arm. And look, as much as I support Gavin Lux, I am the conductor of the Gavin Lux hype train. I'm a card-carrying member of the Gavin Lux fan club. But still, I need to see it. And this is the first year that he truly hopefully gets that opportunity at short and stays healthy and we can see what he can do. Yeah, the thing that makes me the happiest with Lux is that you know the Dodgers have stood by him through this entire rehab process, through the whole year. They very easily could have gone and traded for a shortstop last year, especially when they had all the injuries and they had Mookie Betts filling in that shortstop. And they easily could have made a move but they knew what they had in Lux. They knew that he want, they wanted him to have that opportunity. And here he is. He goes through the horrific injury. Really unfortunate. But a year later, he's in the exact same position he was in last year with the Dodgers starting shortstop just right in front of him for the taking. He has the opportunity to take it. And tomorrow is, in my opinion, the last big hurdle he has to face because he's already done everything. He fields ground balls. He runs the base. He does all that. What he hasn't done is one, play in a live game. And two, go back to that field. I mean, he has not... Gone there, you know. Since I mean, at least uh, yeah, very, it's a very I mean, psychological. It's, it's all psychological, tomorrow, and that, sure. in my yeah. opinion, is the last hurdle that he needs to cross because physically he's there. I mean, he's been there. But we've already heard him say he's there, but psychologically, that's a big hurdle. And you know, tomorrow is, in my opinion, the last hurdle. He gets through it, and now it's just a clear spring training for him to really just take off the take off the training wheels and just kind of kick into it, knowing that he's the Dodgers starting shortstop. I agree, hundred percent. I'm going to put us both on the spot one more time. I love it. How many home runs for Gavin Lux this season? Six. Last time we saw him in a full season, he has told me he wants to hit for more power. He's adding he's muscle. Hit two this he's hit two this offseason. I'm going 17 for Luxie. I got 13. You got 13? I got 13. I was going to say 14. 13 or 14. I'm going to juice ball back this I, year. I think he's going to be in the low teens, low to mid teens. I think it's going to be awesome. Just, I think he's going to, I think, I mean, for me, it's before he goes down with the neck injury in 2022. He was hitting like 292, like 800 OPS. I mean, he was doing everything for the Dodgers. Yes. I just want to see him continue to get the ball in play, continue to draw the walks, continue to hopefully, if those knees are feeling good, steal bases, you know, show off that speed. He was up there in sprint speed. I forget exactly where, but he was up there in sprint speed. So I'd love to kind of just see that Gavin Lux come back. The power will come. But yeah, if he hits double-digit home runs, drives in, you know, 50, 60 RBI, but he's just getting on base, hitting 290, just, you know, OBP up there. And he's just kind of getting on base for this team. In the nine hole, he'll score a lot of runs. He could score over 100 runs this year with you know, Mookie, Freddie, and Shohei kind of hitting right after him. Yeah, I agree. I think you bring up a great point there at the end is Mookie, Freddie, and Shohei hitting after him. I think for a lot of teams out there, it wouldn't be the best situation if you're a bottom feeder team because Gavin Lux would be the top storyline for you, right? Oh, he'd be your leadoff hitter. He'd be your leadoff hitter. <laughs> he'd be the guy that would sell tickets, hopefully, mm. that you would sell your organization for he kind of hide in this Dodgers lineup. They don't necessarily need him to go crazy to put together one of the best offenses. So I think this is actually almost a soft landing for him to come back and contribute. Yeah. But well, then, same thing in, in the twenty in terms of the speed in twenty twenty two. He had six home runs. He had seven triples. I mean, this guy was he's kind of flying around the base. He that's the thing. He brings a speed dynamic that yeah. they missed too. So the speed dynamic really and look, I see this comment right here. This is from uh, JC. So cool. And he says, not sold on Lux. Look, I don't think any of us are completely sold on Lux. I think it's if you're rational. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, trust me, I'm test driving though. And I want to drive this off the lot, you know, but I we need to see it. He needs to prove it. And he knows, he knows it. it. Thank you. Thank he knows you. it. I mean, he you. knows it. But the couple, we're going to end on some comments here. What I say is Lux wants to prove it more than anyone else wants to see him prove. I mean, this guy wants to prove to himself 
that he's pro football. Let's say it together. 100 healthy. It's, it's every baseball player's, player's dream to be the starting shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We just nailed that one. That that's that's unison, right? We spent a lot of time the last two days together. So a couple comments here. Here's your predictions for Lux on the home runs. I want to hear some of this. BC says 20. 20. 20. 20 for BC. Lux hits 20 home runs. Does he go to Valco or? I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's, where, that's where Bond's juice stuff. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I mean, if he had a 20 home run, he might have yeah. been an all star team. That's all I'm saying. I no, mean, for sure. Especially if he front loads some of those. I mean, he might be a, a backup shortstop. 20, yeah, yeah, I would love to. I'd take 20 over the next two years. But we got 20 would be something. Yeah. Else. Hepatitis Steelers is 17. Yeah, 17 is great. Uh, Roy Strauss is over under Muncie makes an error or hits nah, yeah. yeah. A BC 20 home runs. I'll take the home run on Muncie. Uh, easy underscore ghost 13. 13. D-Max Lux will hit 18 home runs. We 18. got casinos, have room. Uh, Jackie t- says 11. Necro 99 says 14. I so, mean, different thing. All these are double digits. Okay, yes. he, he had six in 2022. He had seven the year before. All these are double digits. So yeah. I think everyone kind of expects a little power jump for Lux. I think he expects it again. We've had, He's had two bombs in live BP this year already. Yeah, and I think this person definitely going to watch the show. Mr. Classic says... Yup, give Lux a chance. If not, you know who we are going for, okay? I'm going to go with uh, Willie. We talked about Willie Adams on the show for a couple I mean, years now. we got a now, friend but, of uh, the show right now. Yeah, we got the Don't Need Adams and we have Mickey Rowe. Look, think about Mickey Rowe, and I've talked to Gomes about this. Yeah, you talked to Gomes yesterday. The depth that he provides and the versatility, I don't think, look, he did what he did last year out of necessity, and then Mookie played some short, and you saw guys mix up. Chris Taylor can still play some short. He's a very athletic player. I think the true value out of Mickey Rowe is – Look, if you have any starting shortstop, he can't be a late-game sub for a Max Muncy or some other players out there, the versatility that he provides. So, look, I think Miguel Rojas, too, you look at his age, it's not easy for guys at that age to stay 100% healthy playing that position. It's a very physically demanding position. But that's going to over this okay, episode. Really quick, oh, one, jump one, in. A jump super in. quick thing on Chris Taylor. Two an hour. About. I just want to say one thing for yeah. those who haven't seen Chris Taylor. He's been taking ground balls at second base this yeah, now obviously Mookie Best is second baseman, but it's just interesting that he's not with the outfielders. I mean, he's they're working on the infield. Obviously, he's played a lot of outfielders and need to work out there. But you know, when they split up outfield and infield, Chris Taylor has been at second base for the last at least the last week that I've seen him there. So interesting that they're warming it up in the infield. Obviously, they trust his outfield stuff, but they also have a plethora of outfielders right now. So Chris Taylor might, might see a lot more infield this year. Maybe he'll and, and here's the here's the, the here's the crux. Here's the rub on Chris Taylor is that he does not put pressure on himself to be tied to a certain position. He just bides his time knowing that it's a long season. He's going to get his opportunities. And the reality is he can play through injuries. He's a gamer. He can play banged up. So he's getting his opportunities. And look, he's even said that he feels more engaged when there's a possibility of playing in the infield and the outfield where he's been pretty much locked in the outfield spots for the last couple of seasons. But that's going to be this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. If you guys haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. So you are eligible for our next giveaway, the Yoshinobu Yamamoto giveaway at 85,000 subs. We're going to give it away. So be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. Drop a comment down below. We want all your spring training takes. Drop your takes on the Will Smith extension, on Gavin Lux. Everything you want to see during spring training. Also, give good my man, Mr. Noah Cameras, a follow. I'm almost at 6,000. Almost you gotta, at 6,000. You got to get me there. I'm so close. Let's get into a million by this weekend, guys. So go follow him. Over on the X at Noah Cameron. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and we're out.